From KUOW in Seattle, you're listening to How's Your Day, telling you a story you don't know from a day we all remember. Today's date is April 20th, 1999. Uh, When I look at those pictures now, I have a picture of David and I, like, right before we left in the morning, like, before we got in the car. I'm sure my mom took a picture of us. I look at us and I, I just think, oh my gosh, you guys, you have no idea what's coming. I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm not a specialist of any sort. Uh, I'm a yogini. I'm a sales associate. I'm a mom. So my name's Kathleen Tyson. <laughs> the day I found out I was pregnant, I was not expecting that news. <laughs> I had, uh, not been feeling really well for a while, and I wasn't sure why. Duh. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went to the doctor to figure out, what was wrong with me? What's going on? Why do I feel so ooky? <laughs> and my doctor just took a look at me, and she's like, let's give you a pregnancy test. <laughs> sure enough. And I just remember being very, very, like, stunned. Like, oh my god, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 30, whatever, 38, I guess, and um, wow, not, not ready, not, not, no, that was not in the plans. <laughs> I really shouldn't be saying that. However long it takes to run that test, I don't know if it was a week or, or what, um, or just a few days, I can't remember, but I, I, I got a call at work from my midwife and she wanted me to come down as soon as possible to the office and um, I thought, well, it must be something about one of those tests and probably that one. They don't call you into the office to tell you that everything's fine. <laughs> You know, all I knew about HIV at the time was that HIV leads to AIDS, and then, then that's, that's the end of your life. You know, there's no solution. So that's all I knew. So I'd, I'd been HIV positive for who knows how long. Nobody can tell me how long. So a long time. Um, maybe most of my life. I don't know. I have no idea. Nobody can tell me. So you don't know when it started, you don't know how long you've had it, you don't know anything about it. I just thought, oh my god, what's going to happen to my children? Like, I'm not going to be around for them. And that was like the worst, because my daughter was only nine years old at the time, and um, you know, she had a lot of growing up to do, and then I had this baby who was going to take care of him if I wasn't there. Like all this really wonderful news had turned so different so quickly. Um, Felix was born by C-section in the hospital, not at the birth center, under bright lights. And, you know, I got anesthetic and that was all I knew about it. And I woke up, you know, like an hour and a half or an hour later and everybody was in the little recovery room with me, my husband, and 
Faye was there and she was holding little Felix and uh, that was real sweet. Yeah, he was a good feeder. He knew what he was about and he knew what he knew what it was all about. So no problem getting him to nurse and um, that, that was that was another one of those things like nobody had said don't do that yet. There was just this it was this period of time right after he was born before any of the mm, other stuff happened that happened later there was this brief period of bliss that was just like it was like unsullied it was untouched by any outside influences and it was just us My pediatrician came to visit just to check him out and she said, gosh, I don't really know about this condition, this HIV stuff, so how about would you mind consulting with this infectious diseases pediatrician? The doctor, this infectious diseases pediatrician came in and um, looked at Felix and, you know, admired him because he was really beautiful. and. <laughs> <laughs> noted that he was very healthy and, you know, he was a good weight and a size and fine specimen. Um, then she said, you know, you really got to stop nursing him right now. You want to give him formula because they can get HIV through the breast milk. David and I just said, you know, we'd really rather not do that. And uh, she disagreed with us pretty strongly. And we had a conversation and um, it ended up with her saying that she was going to need to consult with the attorney at the hospital and um, she'd be in touch. There had been armed policemen in the maternity ward at the exits. They guarded the maternity ward while I was there so that we wouldn't leave. She came in with a, a Eugene police officer and served us papers saying the state of Oregon was taking custody of Felix. Then they were gonna leave him in our care for the moment, but um, that they were taking, taking custody. This is a CBS News special report. Good day. John Roberts reporting from CBS News headquarters in New York. We're back on the air now with another update for you on the Columbine High School shooting in Littleton, Colorado, just southwest of Denver. A still developing situation and one that looks like it's not going to be over anytime soon. SWAT okay. team members are still... Well, we got um, more than one shooter, so... There's more than one shooter? Yes. Do you have a description of the... We heard, like, popping, and we didn't know what it was, and then I looked out the window, and there's this guy throwing, like, a pipe bomb at all the cars. <laughs> And then he came in, the, they like started blowing up and shooting everyone in the cafeteria. And then you could hear them laughing and running upstairs and they were shooting anyone of color wearing a white hat or played a sport. And they didn't care who it was and it was all at close range. Okay, multiple <sighs> suspects. Multiple suspects. Can I get you to, can I, do you have a cell phone number for your commander out there? Uh, no. 
think I think it wasn't it wasn't the very end of the week. It wasn't the very beginning. <laughs> it was in the middle of the week. It was a weekday. Um, it was a beautiful day. It was a really nice spring day in Eugene. We got up early. I mean, I always got up at like six, and I like to pot around in the morning when before everybody's up. So it's like my quiet time. The case is drawing national attention, whether breast milk is best, even if the mother tests positive for HIV. As an infant, Felix was like the cheerfulest, like most outgoing, happy baby. He was awesome baby. She says doctors told her she was HIV positive when she was six months pregnant with Felix. Today they went to court to fight for the right to give him breast milk. I had never been away from Felix before that day. Not at all. Like, he was with us no matter what we were doing. He, he was part of the package. Attorneys for the couple say the Tysons should have the right to raise their child as they see fit and are prepared to take the case further. Yeah, that would have been the first day that we had been separated. It was important for me to present myself well. It's easy for David because he just put a suit on. He just had one suit and um, that's all he had to do is put a suit put a suit on. I wore uh, a long skirt. That was a skirt that I had made a long time ago. I wore new earrings and a new bracelet that I had gotten just for this occasion. Like I needed some jewelry. I just wanted to have the whole thing. My, my credibility was really at question at that point, and I, I, I think I was really important for me to just stand up in my community and, and be seen as a credible and, and um, rational person and not a wacko and not a fringy kind of off the deep end kook. On our way to court, I think my heart was just thumping. I was really nervous. I was so, so nervous. I didn't know what kind of questions I'd be asked. I didn't know what the, you know, what the process would be. All kinds of media were there. It was really weird. Like, I've never been in that kind of situation before where anybody wanted to look at me <laughs> with the camera, you know, besides my mom. <laughs> But the state says the Tysons want to play Russian roulette with Felix's future, and it won't let them. It was a, it was a, supposed to be a hearing, but it was kind of felt like a trial to me, like more more like a trial, even though it wasn't a trial. It was a hearing. Uh, I felt like we had some really good. Um, good witnesses that had really good material to, to share. And then some of our our own personal evidence wasn't allowed in court. Like we had had my breast milk tested for HIV in a lab and it came back negative and that was not allowed to be presented as, as material for this hearing for some, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, and then of course we got questioned too by the by the state. It was the assistant district, district attorney who did the questioning. I felt like a lot of her questions were 
sort of aimed at discrediting me as a, you know, as a believable or upstanding citizen. <laughs> I do remember being asked uh, by by her about um, about my sexual history, like how many partners I'd had in my life and, and other things like that that to me felt pretty irrelevant to the case at hand. Um, I think that she was really in a lot of ways trying to set a tone about who this person was, who I was. <laughs> right under the surface was this really pretty strong, these pretty strong feelings of um, survival. You know, if somebody messes with your infant, that is like, that just brought up a whole lot of um, pretty powerful feelings for me that, um, you know, I didn't realize that we're in there. Like, man, in another lifetime, you know, anybody had threatened your newborn, you would have jumped them <laughs> or something. After everybody had testified, everybody had presented their material, it took a while. The court was like adjourned for a period of time. The judge left and um, went to review the material and make his decision about what would happen. As eight, we know that victims have been taken to area hospitals. One uh, student has apparently been. And how long have they been in existence? Is it a new thing? Well, ever since I was been going to Columbine. Just this since is how long? Two years. So they've been here since that time. Yeah, as far as I know. And are they well known? Yeah, pretty much. And what do they do? Uh, they just, they don't really do anything. They just keep to themselves and they just stick out because they always wear like black clothes and dark and long trench coats and army clothes and stuff like that. Okay, well, we're glad you're okay. Thanks for talking with us. Appreciate it. Mm. You know, when we found out about Columbine, there was so much going on already that I just felt like, holy crap, that happened. And I have no energy to even think about it. And I felt bad about that. But I also felt like, well, I'm going to find out about this later because right now there's all this stuff going on that I just have to focus on. and. I realized it was a huge deal, it was a huge tragedy, and I, I just, you know, I, um, I couldn't think about it. Even though it was supposed to be like an hour or half an hour or something, he only took like 15 minutes, he came right back in. And uh, as soon as I saw him come in, I was like, well, he didn't have to think about that very much. I think I know what he already decided. 
um, and indeed he did rule in favor of the state keeping custody. What that meant was that we would, our family would be continued to be monitored by uh, a caseworker, see that Felix was being um, fed out of a bottle and um, all of that. I mean, people expect to have autonomy in the way they raise their children. And, um, you know, as long as <laughs> they're reasonably sane, and clearly some people didn't think we were reasonable. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's okay with me because I think that that's why we have that system in place because there are cases where children really need help. In 1998 and 1999, I was dealing with people who I felt were not, they weren't trying to be hostile. They really weren't. They were trying to do their job. But I felt, I felt like nobody could understand my point of view. And, and that I was the person, I was the patient who asked too many questions. So I just felt like shut out, you know, like, Nobody's interested in figuring out, helping me figure this stuff out, like why, how, when, where, why. <laughs> but we were also being kind of swept along with this bigger thing that was happening with um, people questioning AIDS and, and the AIDS establishment saying, you know, don't question it, and we've got the answers for you. And Because I s never really completely got satisfied with any answer that any party has offered about this. To the families who have lost their loved ones, to the parents who have lost their beloved children, to the wounded children and their families, to the people of the community of Littleton, I can only say tonight that the prayers of the American people are with you. Thank you very much. From KOW in Seattle, Washington, you've been listening to How's Your Day. Today's date was April 20th, 1999. How's Your Day is made by Arwen Nix and Shane Mailing. Whitney Henry Lester is our producer. Jim Gates is our editor. Our music was composed by Jen Champion. Special thanks to Kathleen and Felix Tyson, as well as Jennifer Wolf. Tell us a story we don't know from a day everyone remembers. Our email is howsyourday at kow.org. Support for How's Your Day comes from KUOW listeners, like you. There's another podcast I want to tell you about, How to Be a Girl. 
It's about a single mom and the challenges she faces as she raises her transgender daughter. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts.